When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to episode 175. Ooh, intense. Of the in-between podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we are interviewing Dr. Bob Paul about not only marriage counseling, but intensive marriage therapy. Sounds intense, right? But don't tune out yet because he's going to discuss with us the differences between traditional counseling and intensive therapy. I think this is a very important next episode to follow what we talked about in episode 174. Perhaps that episode about infidelity, porn, and seeking help left you wondering where to turn next. Maybe you started looking for counselors in your area. And sometimes a typical 50-minute counseling session only feels like you are scratching the surface of the bigger issues that lie beneath. Almost like that picture of an iceberg. You see the tip of the iceberg floating above the water, and it doesn't look that big. But if you were to take a peek underneath the surface, it is actually much larger than it appears. Yes, completely. And I'm so glad we're going to get into that in today's episode. Bob is the vice president of Focus on the Family Marriage Institute. He's also one of the founders of its highly acclaimed Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program that we'll be talking about today. He is a licensed professional counselor and international speaker and co-author of a number of books, including The DNA of Relationships and Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. He explains the advantages of intensive therapy, such as addressing core issues and providing a focused environment for couples to work through their challenges. He also discusses the person-centered approach to their program, prioritizing the well-being of individuals while building a healthy relationship with their spouse. For all the show notes, including a link to find out more about intensive marriage therapy in your area, go to inbetween.org slash episode 175. Now let's jump in. Well, Bob, we are so honored that you are joining us today on the In Between podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you. It's really exciting to be here chatting with you guys. Fantastic. Now, Bob, you are one of the founders of the Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program. Uh, And for those who are not familiar with intensive marriage therapy, we'd love for you just to start by talking about what it is uh, and how it differs from traditional weekly counseling sessions. And our our podcast family, we've been talking about counseling in different form and fashion. We actually had a session where we had a counselor come come on and do some therapy for us. On just to give people a sense, yeah, what is it like trying to take some of the stigma out of it? But but with what you are doing, this this intensive marriage therapy, we'd love for you just to describe what it is and how it differs. Uh, that's a great question. You know, um, it's not super well known by a lot of people still the the intensive therapy. Um, and I have been a therapist for quite a number of years, so I had a private practice for many years. So I've done lots of the more traditional 
hourly, once a week, outpatient type work. So I have a pretty good comparison between the two. Mm. Uh, and they both have their place. Uh, there's, there's usefulness for both. But an intensive therapy session is going to be multiple hours over consecutive days, generally speaking. So like our most common program, we've got several, but our most common program is a group program. And we work with five couples. Generally, it starts Monday morning. And we do as much as eight hours in a day, okay. five couples over four consecutive days. So it's something in the neighborhood of 30 to 32 hours of actually counseling. You know, we take breaks, obviously. We take, you know, meal breaks and bathroom breaks and all that kind of stuff. But the, um, the advantages to it for couples counseling particularly is that, um, you know, there's a lot going on when couples are struggling. You've got his issues, her issues, and their issues, okay? And you've only got, let's say, typically 45 to 50 minutes that you can actually delve into those issues, and that's a lot to unpack. And you spend the first 10 to 15 minutes kind of catching back up and warming up and so forth. Then maybe you've got 20 to 25 minutes on a good day to get into the issues, but then you got to kind of pack it back together so that you don't send people out like a, 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 a bare nerve, you know, uh, with all that stuff up and no way to process it. And then between this week and next week, all sorts of stuff happens and it just can feel very frustrating for couples. So what we do in an intensive because we just dive in and we stay with it um, is that we can get to the core issues that people are dealing with both personally and relationally at a level that for many feels like uh, a year to a year and a half worth of, of traditional therapy because we can get to the core, stay with it. We protect the environment. They're staying with us. We're catering to them. We're feeding them. We're lodging them, kind of shutting the world out for, for that whole period of time. And they can just stay with the issues long enough to get to the core uh, hear from God and move forward in a way that really helps them make tremendous progress and have huge breakthroughs. Yeah, Bob, you've done such a great job at painting a picture of what that's like. And and I can imagine it now, uh, but I can also imagine some of the reticence that uh, some of our listeners might be thinking right now. We're like, wait a second, uh, there are other people there? That's <laughs> <laughs> very not true. Just us in the can you talk to that dynamic and, and, sure. and why you've decided to have it not just couples, one couple with the counselor, but the, yeah, the, the group? Which we do have. We have oh, okay. those programs. You can come one couple and work with, you know, we, we prefer to work with two therapists because we find co-therapy, which is a luxury in most situations. It's our norm. That you just have the benefit of two therapists, two perspectives, two styles. Um, so that can be really great. But interestingly, most people, to your point, uh, the thought of going into a group when they're in a difficult place sounds absolutely horrifying. And I got to have a hand in creating all of the programs. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, for most people, we find the group is the biggest advantage. And here's why. Oh, well. um, I've been on both sides of the couch many times because my wife and I have had our fair share of challenges over the 42 plus years that we've been together. Um, and what I found when I was in therapy, when I was actually on the couch as the client, um, I would oftentimes be so wrapped up in what was going on inside of me and would have such big emotional moments that even if we hit on something really big, the emotions kind of flooded me. 
And within two, three hours after the session, I knew we really hit something important, but darn if I could remember what it was. Um, And what we find happens is that the reason the group therapy works is that when you get down to the core issues of what couples are struggling with, as different as we all might be on the surface and all the details are, there's really only like a handful of issues that couples struggle with at the core. And it's really pretty much the same for all of us. So I'm really open about the issues that Jenny and I struggle with because I've been listening to couples share their issues for so long. I know we're not weird. We're just like everybody else. And you can't know that until you hear another couple talking about their circumstances that on the surface seem radically different. But when we get down to what's really going on, you go, oh, that's me. I can relate to that. I've got that issue too. And you realize you're not weird. You're not hopeless. You're just like all the rest of us dealing with the same kinds of things that all of us in this fallen world deal with. And it can be incredibly freeing. Um, And also there are times when people will bring stuff up that is true for you that you would have never dreamt to bring up because you weren't aware of it. And you hear someone bring it up and you go, oh, I do have that going on. I know. The therapist wouldn't have known to go there because you wouldn't have known to talk about it. Hmm. So those are some of the things that can occur that can make the group really profitable. Do we force people into the group? Absolutely not. If someone says, I can't handle it, I don't want to do it, fine. You self-select. But we we do guide a lot of people that way because we find in the end, uh, surprisingly, the men, women are more comfortable with this more often than not. But guys are usually horrified by the thought. And we have more... Um, emphatic, positive um, comments about the group from men than anybody where yeah. guys go, okay, <sighs> you know, guys are so isolated generally. They go, okay, yeah. I would have never believed it, but that was huge for me. So uh, that's some of it. Yeah, Bob, that's, that's so, I love that. And on our podcast, we love getting to the nitty gritty. And if, if you're able to, I would love for you to just illustrate um, an example of maybe on the surface level, two couples, you know, an example of, of, of how their situation might seem very different on the surface and help us understand how it's one of these core issues at the at the center. Just just to give it give our listeners a sense of, of what that looks like. All right. So I'm making this up on the fly. OK, yes, so yes. Let's say, let's say we, have, we have one couple that is dealing with infidelity. OK, and they've had a, they've had a, a, a brutal, painful um, breach of trust, breach of confidence, breach of relationship um, in their relationship. And then you've got another couple that hasn't had anything like that going on. They just have communication issues. Mm-hmm. And when we get down to what's going on, what we find is that um, but all four of them have issues around fear, let's say, uh, fear of something that, mm-hmm. um, and, and we also have, we have some really cool stuff that God's helped us learn about uh, what happens when couples get in conflict that's driven by our emotions and so forth that oftentimes goes unnoticed. And when they see the, the fact that even though the circumstances are completely different and this couple over here has no infidelity, but that what's motivated the acting out is something that the one person, who, the, the other couple that didn't act out can actually relate to. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden, the work that's done to find healing and that the Lord comes in and does some really meaningful um, soul work on um, is something that all of them can relate to. It can be really, really powerful to go, okay, wow, I don't have that issue, 
but what's underlying it is really similar to what I'm dealing with or something I'm dealing with. Yeah, I think it's so powerful when um, that you just feel like you're not alone, right? Like you feel like you're seen. And um, sometimes I would imagine that even though the therapist may be able to share some of the stuff that they've gone through, the people in, you know, if, if you're the counselee, you might think, well, yeah, but look at you, like you're professional. So it really doesn't relate to me. You know, you have all the tools and your marriage must be great. But me, on the other hand, like I'm struggling here. Whereas if there's other people who are in the group together and someone else says, hey, me too to how um, safe does that feel and how I can imagine this the beauty in that of just being able to to sit with one another so I see I know podcast family you're still like probably like I don't know about this group thing but I hope that you're taking what Bob says and at least maybe just mulling it over a little bit so Bob in your book hope restored there's a phrase that uh, I read and then I was like wait what <laughs> I had to read it again because at first glance, it may be a little bit confusing. So you write, the ultimate well-being of the individual will always take precedence over the well-being of the marriage. Can you unpack that for us? Because that sounds a little bit different than maybe what we've been taught about marriage. Yeah, um, I think it really is one of the key distinctives of our of our of our model, which we call focused marital therapy. Um, uh, we are very person-centered even though we have, obviously, we're a marriage counseling organization. Uh, we have the highest success rate I frankly know of in the world, working with couples in extreme crisis. And um, this is a principle that we will not violate because we are, um, most, most of us as marriage therapists, we're actually trained to focus on the relationship as the primary client, if you will. Um, however, uh, we are clear as believers that Jesus did not come to die for marriages. He came to die for people. And if the people get lost for the sake of the marriage, we've lost everything that matters because the people are eternal. The marriage is not eternal. Our Lord said very clearly in two of the Gospels, we won't be married in heaven, mm -hmm. but the people will be there. Wow. So if we if we are not focusing on the health and well-being of the people and helping the marriage, the relationship to enhance um, the well-being of those individuals. We're missing the mark. Mm -hmm. So so it's very person-centered. Um, still, we have a lot of focus on how to build a healthy, dynamic, thriving relationship, but not at the expense of the people. Man, I am... I just got goosebumps there. Like, <laughs> well, I love, I absolutely love how you unpacked that theologically. And that's probably because I'm a pastor. I'm like, yes, yeah, let's go. Go on, Rob. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that. And I love how you've, you've brought it down to that simple fact, right? That simple fact that, hey, if, if we are not whole and healthy and restored as individuals, how, you know, what, what sort of fighting chance do we have? You know, one point uh, five times point five isn't <laughs> isn't more; yeah. it's less, right? And 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 it's just it's just such a it's such an interesting way of 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 assessing that, Christina. I know you you as your focus in your studies is in around couples and 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 I I'd, I'd love to hear because 
you know, this is my pastor hat going on, but Christina, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts from the counseling side. Well, I mean, it's interesting coming from the biblical and the counseling side, the therapy and theology, right? So I'd love to hear more, Dr. Uh, Bob, about, um, like, are you talking more about self-awareness? Of, and does that happen more within, like, if you're seeing that a couple, they're both really struggling with their individual um, traumas or whatnot, is that something that you're like, hey, you need to go find an individual counselor to to be able to work on that and then come together uh, in the intensive therapy and then work on your relationship together? Or is that done in the whole uh, weekend? Yes, both. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, 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 actually, it actually can be either. Okay. Um, um, sometimes people have traumas and, and issues that really it's hard to sort out together. Uh, that they need to do some of that work. But a lot of it, I mean, the truth of the matter is when Jenny and I got together, one of the biggest mistakes I made because I'm a recovering codependent, that's a good psychobabble term, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, uh, I really thought I was marrying my happily ever after partner, mm-hmm. uh, which is really kind of fairy tale. It's not the real world. Uh, what I finally came to understand was that when I chose Jenny, I was choosing my journeying partner. And this is the, you know, my ultimate goal as a Christian is to be completely conformed to the image of Christ. And at my age, I am extremely aware that there's not enough days left to pull that off. I'm going to be, I'm going to die undone. I just want to keep making progress daily toward that objective to be more Christ-like, to be a more loving, caring, respectful, uh, responsible, empowered individual um, that has a good relationship with Jenny. But Jenny's my journeying partner. Our paths toward um, our ultimate goal of reflecting Christ um, are different. And um, I want to be able to have feel her support of me on that journey, as mm-hmm. well as her feel my support of her on that journey. Now, at the same time, we're building a relationship where the way we interact with each other, the way we deal with life together is being nurtured and attended to. All of those things matter. All of those things deserve our attention. So, um, yeah, so, so, so sometimes I got to do my own work, Hmm. but the goal is that I'm a whole healthy person. So now Daniel, for the pastor in you, let me, let me back it biblically. If I could scripturally, okay. (laughs) First of all, Jesus said when, uh, he said at one point in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But he said that I came, Jesus said, I came that you would have life to the full. He wants us filled to the point of overflowing. But then beyond that, if you go to the point where Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, well, actually, it's two. First of all, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. In other words, with your whole being to love him and to receive him. Okay, but the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Okay. now here's what's interesting. I find that many Christians uh, rewrite that phrase and actually end up perverting the gospel. Here's how many Christians rewrite that second phrase. The second is like it, to love your neighbor instead of yourself. That's Mm. not what it says. Mm. It says that in the same way that you care for you with respect and responsible care, that's how you care for your neighbor. So what's sad is that many of the women that we deal with um, have been conditioned to believe that the way they are a God-honoring woman 
in marriage and as a mom is to care for everybody else and not take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. So sadly, I will confront them often in session and I will say, OK, so if you were to care for your loved ones exactly in the same way that you've cared for you up till now, how would that look? And their faith mm-hmm. usually draws drops and they go, oh, that would be horrible because they neglect and betray themselves regularly. They are they are running on fumes. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, OK, so you are you are violating the gospel directive that God has given us. The good news is that we would be full to the point of overflowing so that we would actually be a draw to the kingdom. We suppose mm-hmm. we theoretically say we have the answer that a relationship with Christ is the source of all wholeness and life and fullness. And yet we're not demonstrating that. So, so that's kind of the way we go with that. And it's 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 a very powerful message. And most people are, are floored by it, sadly, but relieved by it to go, oh, my gosh. So you're saying that when I take time to take good care of myself so that I really can bring my best self back to my marriage and to my family, that I'm actually honoring God. And we say absolutely yes. Yeah. Bob, you, you've done such an incredible job at giving us the philosophy and the framework underneath your method of counseling. And we've been talking, you've been painting a picture as to what this week would look like. But I'm, I'm curious if you could address the individual listening in. And they know that, yes, okay, counseling, we, we, do, we do have stuff. If, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we do have stuff that we need to work on. How does this individual assess whether um, they're suitable for intensive marriage therapy or if they're better served by going the traditional counseling route? Um, well, there's a couple of different ways that they can go. Um, one would be to go to the website, uh, thehoperestored.com. Um, and I believe that Canada has one too, and I don't yes. know offhand, unfortunately, mm-hmm. what it yeah. is. No we'll, put, we'll put in our show, show right. notes. There is a lot of, of, of direct answers to their questions. Okay. But the reality is that um, if you're not sure, um, our consultants that you can, you can access uh, by phone are, are trained to be able to help people process through, is this a good fit for us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in most cases it is. I mean, it's very rare that we would rule somebody out. You don't have to be hanging by a thread to be able to benefit. Um, but the, a lot of the couples do because, you know, it, it, it requires at least a lot of courage to be able to get there because people are terrified by it. Um, but boy, if you want to make if you want to make quick progress in your relationship and you're feeling even if you're just feeling stuck, more often than not, we have a program that would suit you. And we'll help you, guide, you know, guide your way through that um, to, to come up with a good decision. You know, but we're really and we're really open to people selecting for themselves. Is this a good fit for them based on the information we have and um, of the programs that are available? Which one would be the best fit? And we'll just you know, they're just guiding you to to that understanding. Mm, I love that that's even available that you can call someone, uh, email someone and, and ask questions. And I think that's a lot. I can imagine even our podcast family right now, there's one person, probably one part of the couple is like, yes, we need this. 
but how do I convince my spouse to come along? Because maybe they're a little bit more reluctant. Maybe they've tried counseling the 50 minute, one hour, and it just didn't work for them. So Bob, if you could help even just our podcast family get an idea of what the first day would be like, or even the first few hours, Um, because I think that's part of some of the scariest things of going, you were saying about courage, right? But it's hard to, um, if we don't know what's happening, sometimes we can make these grand ideas on our head that just work us into a ball of anxiety. So if you could even just maybe the first few hours, what happens when they get there? What would the first sessions entail? I think that would be really helpful. Well, well it's obviously start, it obviously starts with trust falls, right? Like you just kind of... Somebody might be dropped. <laughs> Nothing like that. Actually, the first thing we do, well, when they get there, they get more often than not at our, at our locations, they get there Sunday night and they're greeted by our host couple because they're going to stay on campus and we're going to start catering to them right away. Usually everybody's a little bit tense, a little bit nervous or a lot mm-hmm. of it tense and nervous and so forth. Monday morning when we start, Um, Obviously, we introduce ourselves. We tell you who we are and some of our story because we want people to know we're just fellow journeyers. We've got our own story. We've got our own challenges. And we but we we don't teach theory at Hope Restored. We really do um, believe this. We live this. It's not a do as I say, not as I do. We walk the talk. So we share a little bit about our story and our journey. And then we set the the tone and we kind of give them some tips on how to get the most out of it. We want everybody to know that they're in charge, that that we're not going to take them places they don't want to go. We talk about what they want to talk about. We don't talk about what they don't want to talk about because they have hired us to serve them and help them achieve their objectives. We also Mm -hmm. let them know that we don't have a cookie cutter approach to what a good outcome is. Our definition of a great marriage is only both a a relationship, both people love and love the direction it's headed. Nothing short of that. And it doesn't have to be a relationship they they love for the same reasons, as long as they both love it. So our goal is to identify what it would take for each of them to feel thrilled with the relationship and where it's headed and then help them see if there's a way that they could construct a relationship where enough of that was true for both of them that they could go, hey, I like this and I like where it's going. The other thing that's really important to note is that for the couples who are in really desperate shape and a person who's really feeling checked out or there's you know no hope, which is, Christina, what you had, you, had, you kind of gave reference to. Mm-hmm. There's only one question that couples have to answer yes to for us to be willing to work with them. And this is the question. If God was to work a miracle in your marriage, would you accept it? And that miracle could be the magnitude of the parting of the Red Sea. It's a real, which would be a relationship they both love and both love the direction it's headed. But if God did that and pointed the way for that to occur, would you be in? And if the answer is yes, we don't care how hard that seems or how unlikely that seems. We're saying bring it on. If they say no, they're not open to God doing a miracle. We're not miracle workers. So, you know, there's, you know, save your time, save your money. Um, don't bother. But what's interesting is when we line out what it is that we're really describing and talking about and what we're running toward. And we're not going to take them any place they don't want to go. They're not going to be in a situation where we're going to make them talk about something they don't want to talk about. 
We're here to serve them and help them accomplish their objectives. Nothing short of that. A lot of times that will relieve them. One last thing I'll offer. Um, Greg Smalley and I wrote a book quite a number of years ago, but it can also take some of the angst out of the deal. We wrote a book called um, The DNA of Relationships for Couples. And why that's helpful in the situation you're describing is that it reads like a novel. And we introduce you to four couples who are on their way to to Branson to go through a group intensive with Greg and me as the therapist. Mm -hmm. And we walk them day by day through the exact process that the couples went through. So someone's concerned, I don't know what's going to happen when we get there. What are they going to do? They're going to make us all get naked and and run around and be ridiculous. (laughs) Nothing like that is going to occur. And they have the opportunity to see an inside look of how we operate how we think. It's a little bit out of date in, in some respects. We've, we've learned a lot since then, and the newer, the newer books are, are updated, but it really does give a feel of what it's like, and it can take a tremendous amount of the fear out of the equation. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Oh, yeah. I love how you um, even mentioned that. We will definitely put that in the podcast show notes, um, podcast family. So I just want to touch on something, Bob, that you had said, if you could unpack this a little bit more, because um, you had said, and uh, excuse me, my paraphrase is a little bit rough, but that um, the, the couple just has to, love the marriage and want to work on the marriage and almost as if they have different goals, but it doesn't matter what different goals as long as they're working towards that. Can you give a practical example of that? Because I find a lot of um, other marriage therapies, uh, modalities and stuff, theories that it's like, no, you have to have the common goal of working towards that, like you're running towards that. So uh, yeah, if you could just unpack that a little bit more. It's a good idea to, to get clear that you want to real if, if, if the common goal is a relationship they both feel great about, that's mm-hmm. a goal. Um, one that honors God, that's a goal. So, so now they've got a common goal. However, um, if you're like me and Jenny, we are extremely different people. Mm-hmm. Jenny is a full on extrovert. And believe it or not, I'm more of an introvert. Okay. I love people, but after a certain point in time, people wear me out and I have to go retreat to my cave to recharge. <clears throat> Jenny wants to go to the mall on Christmas time and be in hordes of people and that charges her battery. That does not charge my battery. So we've had to figure out ways to create a relationship that works for an introvert married to an extrovert. And, and, and just to make it more challenging, we do have some things in common, but the primary things we have in common is we're both stubborn and strong-willed. That doesn't <laughs> make any of this easier, okay? It only makes it tougher. But we've been able, with God's help, to find a way to do our relationship that encourages both of us to really be fully who we were created to be, an extrovert 
married to an introvert and make that work in a way that we both love. And, and it, it, it really does work because the differences in marriage are never the problem. Never. Okay, God created us different on purpose with purpose. The differences are meant to be a blessing. Hmm. The problem in marriage typically is that people don't know how to adequately value and fully utilize those differences to the benefit of them and to the benefit of the kingdom. And I am so grateful that Jenny and I are so different because if she was just like me, one of us would be unnecessary. But the fact is that we're both really different and we bring different gifts to the equation. And that makes our relationship dynamic in a very special way. Wow. Oh, man, you're dropping some gold here, Bob. This is <laughs> fantastic. We've we've talked a lot about giving this picture of what intensive marriage therapy is, what it looks like to get there, what it looks like when you are there. If we can make a shift toward afterwards, right? Let's say we're coming to the end of this retreat or the retreat is now over. What do you what what do you guys offer? What 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 happens afterwards? How often do people need to continue doing therapy? Or or yeah, just give us a sense of what that after looks like because yeah, it is intensive, but then they're going back home, right? They're going back to all these external circumstances. Yeah, in the early days, that's a great question, Dan. In the early days, we didn't have much, so it was kind of like, oh, good luck. I hope it goes well. <laughs> it felt horrible to us, and it yeah. certainly felt horrible to clients. But mm. we're so far down the road now. We've got a lot of resources that we've created that we give to them, okay. opportunities that are available that they can take advantage of. But we also link every single client with aftercare life coaches that are trained okay. by us, part of our team that we hand them to so they can continue that on. Also, some people need therapy, which life coaching doesn't do. And um, we have we, we have a referral list. We're also starting to train and certify people around the world in our methodology so that we can have someone who knows our model that we can hand them to. Um, uh, and um, we, we, we also are prepared to work with a therapist that they work with. Cause you know, obviously, yeah, the journey doesn't end after four days. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to walk this out. So if a, if they're working with a therapist or they find a therapist they wanna continue with after the fact, we're happy to do a consult with that person and say, okay, so here's the work we did. This is what we saw the issues to be. And, uh, and, we, and we try and set that therapist up. This is what they learned, those kind of things. Set that therapist up to know what worked for them, where we ended up, so they can carry the work forward because we really do want people to be crazy successful going forward. And, and honestly, we need a world filled with relationships connected to each other and connected to Christ mm -hmm. that demonstrate that what we say is true actually is. We need that because people are today just rapidly giving up on the idea that marriage between a man and a woman is even irrelevant in, in this world. I know young people I've heard say, why would I even want to get married? I don't know anybody who's been married any length of time that has any kind of a relationship I would want to have anything to do with. And we're going, okay, mm -hmm. we are totally dropping the ball if that's the case. And we need to figure out a way to help scores and scores and scores of couples prove that it's possible to have a relationship that others would admire and want to have a part in. 
Bob, I knew we were going to like you before the interview, but man, I I really like you now. <laughs> we have the same heart, right? Really. Yeah, we do. And and I mean, that's why for Christina and I, we're speakers with Family Life uh, and we awesome. do the weekend getaways with them because yeah. we just see it's it's not it's not the same thing, obviously, as your intensive, but just to see the transformation that can happen in in not only not only directly in the individual and in the couple's lives but how that then a healthy marriage can then uh, the the generational the the ripple effect that that gives not only to your immediate family but but to everyone and to our witness as followers of christ of of showing jesus who showing people who jesus is is just yeah so love that that's the heart your heart and the heart of uh, hope restored as well and I love family life, and uh, we've had a lot to do with family life. And Ron Deal is a special buddy of mine. Yes, and yeah. uh, uh, we've been on family life cruises and love the work that's being done because what it really is, to your point, it's an investment in the relationship, and and a good relationship needs an ongoing uh, uh, investment of time and energy. It needs it needs attention. Otherwise, it'd be like a garden that you that that you have in the backyard that you never bother to nurture in any way, and it just becomes mm-hmm. overgrown with weeds, and it's not a very pleasant place to be. A marriage is just like that, and needs that attention. We love what you guys are doing to help couples find a way to make that happen. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad we're on the same team on that. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Bob, yes. for our last question, I'd like you to address two groups of people. So one, I'm thinking of our podcast family who um, they're just starting to realize that they're drifting, that they used to have a lot of fun together. They used to go on dates or just even have these really um, like intimate conversations where they saw each other's souls in a way. And now they look at their relationship and like, we still love each other. We still care. We still laugh, but we just feel like we're drifting. So that's one group of people. The other group of people, um, maybe some of our podcast family that just feel like they're hanging by a thread, that they've tried everything to fix their marriage, but they are quickly losing hope and they're scared. What would you like to say to those two groups of people as we as we end our time together? Okay, so the couple that's drifting apart, uh, it's it's great for them to recognize that, realize that they're drifting apart, and to 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 realize that they they want to make an investment. They want to make whatever investments they need to to be able to create a relationship. Hopefully, they can get get and get clear on a vision that we're not just trying to create a relationship that we can tolerate. We want to create a relationship that we love. And what and even though we're different people, what would it take for us to do that and to, to go to family life, um, to go to some of our enrichment events? Um, uh, Greg's, Greg and Aaron Smalley wrote a book called Reconnected that is, is the underpinning of, a, of a, uh, an event we do called Resist the Drift because it's very common for couples mm-hmm. to just start resist a, a drifting apart over time because of either confusion, lack of attention, uh, the distra- the uh, um, distractions that are part of most people's life today. So um, see it and don't let it take over. Do something to turn that tide back toward each other mm-hmm. and toward a relationship they can love that will honor God and bless their family. Okay. Now for the couple that's hanging by a thread, unfortunately um, they need generally more help than, uh, than, than a Resist the Drift conference or a Reconnected book. 
Most of the time they've got patterns that are in play that they don't even realize are the setups for their, their difficulty. And to find help that uh, of somebody that can help them to identify where they're getting stuck and what's not working and to help them turn it around. The reality is there's a lot of stuff out there that has been taught to us that actually is totally off base. Relationship strategies um, and ideas that are completely um, uh, ineffective. And we don't know it because we've been taught them by well-meaning people, sadly, sometimes by the church itself. And if you're believing something that can't work and you don't know it, when that relationship strategy fails, what are you left to assume is the problem? Well, it's either me or I got a defective spouse or both. Okay. Mm -hmm. what we found is it's almost never the people that are the problem. It's that they're using relationship strategies, like I said, that can't work. So another resource that we wrote a couple of years ago is a book called Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. And the subtitle is And the Truths That Will Save It and Set It Free to be able to identify some of that. But by that point, oftentimes just reading a book is not enough. You can't see your blind spot. You can't see what you're tripping over and you need professional help to get over the hump so that you don't end up being a casualty and a statistic. Bob, thank you. Thank you for who you are, for all that you've written under Dr. Robert Paul. I and mean, we've been referring to you as Bob, but Dr. Robert Paul and, and, and for your ministry. If our podcast family wants to connect with you or, or yeah, what are, what, what's the best way for them to connect with you and pick up copies of your books? Um, yeah, uh, uh, you can certainly you can you can you can um, contact us at, at Focus on the Family. Um, uh, we have uh, the, the book is our books are available on the Focus site. They're available on Amazon. Uh, Focus on the Family has a YouTube channel and there's stuff okay. that Greg and I and my wife, Jenny, have done that you can find on there that can maybe help and give some direction. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're relatively accessible. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It is a pleasure. I just, I love what you guys are doing and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, I love that interview, Daniel, because it shows us another option to restoring our relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. I truly appreciate the miracle question Bob mentioned that couples need to answer. You know, if God were to work a miracle in their marriage, would they accept it? Actually, Take that time to ask yourself that question. If God were to work a miracle in your marriage, would you accept it? Hmm. Perhaps it's a resounding yes. And maybe it is just a whisper coupled with a lot of uncertainty and pain. It is a powerful question to reflect upon yourself and one that can open the door to understanding what the next right step may be. And perhaps... An intensive marriage therapy weekend is the right next step for you. Once again, to find out more about Hope Restored and to check out what marriage programs may be hosted near you, go to inbetween.org slash episode 175. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com/ct.